When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Cheeseheads. Welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. It's a pod we never like to do, <laughs> reviewing a loss to the Gooners, but we're going to do it regardless. Um, I'm keeping him from the beach. <laughs> so this is a lot of commitment shown from Mr. Brendan McGurty. How are you doing, Bren? Hey, man. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, 8.30 kickoff here, like with the time difference. So oh, yeah. sort of sober spurs. And at least like when, when with these sorts of games, if, you get, if you're having a drink, you can kind of... You're better with it, but just just on coffee, yeah, it was it wasn't fun this morning. But um, but yeah, we'll crack into it. Well, I guess at least it's still like early morning, isn't it? And like I said, you're going down the beach, so you can try and forget it somehow. But um, <laughs> I guess where I'm going, I'm going to the Holloway Road to see my aunt later, and I'll probably be oh, no. bumping into loads of gooners on the way. Oh. Uh, not happy. Anyway, a man who's probably going to stay where he is for uh, at least the next couple of hours is <laughs> Mr. Paul Muir in South London. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going nowhere near. I, I could really, yeah, I'm, I'm staying here. There's no way I'm going anywhere near like Brixton downtown or anywhere in South London because the amount of like <laughs> visit Rwanda shirts is going to piss me off. So uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stay where I am. Yeah. I might go for a soccer ride and abuse some young kids around, uh, <laughs> Victoria park before I go out. Who knows? <laughs> if you saw my tweet, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway. Let's crack into the review, as you always, by looking at the lineup. Now, not massive controversy, Paul, but we have been arguing whether we should be playing through midfield. And I think <laughs> against <laughs> against the goons who enjoy possession, they were always going to, it feels like, make it tricky for us if we just had two in the middle. Um, what did you think about the lineup today? Obviously, with Kulu missing, he was forced into that move. But what did you think about the, the choices he made? Um, I think yeah, with with the news like just after the break that Kulu had uh, done a done a like slight hamstring or a quad strain, I can't remember what it was. We knew that um, it was going to be difficult, even more difficult because obviously there they were going to get a lot of position. Uh, what what did I think about the lineup? I was I was I was confident when I saw three four three. I was, I was confident. I thought, you know, I, I, I do think they can be got out at the back if you get the ball up there and then a possession of said ball. But um, with hindsight, obviously, yeah, three in the middle would have, would, would have been the way to go. But I, I wasn't that perturbed to see uh, three four three. 
Because mm. I, I watched uh, Conte's pre-match interview this morning. I kind of was soaking up all the, the pre-match stuff. And Bren, he said that the, the decision was made, he said, based upon the run of games we've got coming up. So he said, I thought today this formation was the right formation to start this run of games. Now, <laughs> I'm not sure what exactly he means by that because we've got two other midfielders sitting on the bench. That's probably the area where we've got a bit of option to rotate. So were you surprised that we didn't see Basuma or Skip start? Yeah, I don't buy that comment from Conte, to be honest. like He's wedded to 3-4-3. Three, three. He's, he's, he very rarely changes. And I know we finished the Leicester game strongly with that formation, although Leicester were already cooked by that time. But... Um, mm. He's just so stubborn and so so rigid uh, with the person, and, and and I guess maybe these days that the formation um, it can be fluid. We've spoken about this before on the pod that, that just because it's three four three, uh, there's lots of interchanging people covering when people uh, go further up the pitch, things like that. But yeah, it was it was great. One thing that struck me with the lineup though, just just sort of showed how how lit, few options we had on the bench mm. going for mm. like mm. the forward players. Just one injury. To Kulusevsky and and it just exposed that, that we are quite limited uh, in terms of, of of subs. Like Arsenal probably had a stronger bench because they had those options up front. They had Inkeita, they had um, uh, Fabio Vieira, they had Marquinhos. So uh, we just had Brian Hill. You know, <laughs> it didn't look great. You know, the, the bench. So um, I was I was. I, I wasn't surprised with the lineup, um, but, but I was I probably wasn't as confident as uh, as Paul sounded when uh, when I saw it. I was I wasn't looking forward to this game at all. Yeah, I think it was pretty obvious from from the lineup what the tactic was going to be. We weren't going to try and have the most possession, and that probably suited Arsenal just as much. So it it kind of set up quite a compelling which one is going to ride out and. It didn't start off brilliantly, did it, Paul? I mean, we, no. we tried one of these in, interesting kickoffs where everyone rushes forward and we try and get the ball and a bit of possession in their mm. third. But then after a few passes, we lost it. Arsenal broke. And then they pretty much... I wouldn't... It was just frustrating watching BT Sport because I was watching it thinking, yeah, they're having the better of it. But I'm not really too troubled by stuff whilst they were making this big thing about how brilliantly Arsenal were playing. I felt like it was kind of what we were ex- expecting and we kind of allowed them to have a bit possession. But they were closing us down really well. There was moments when we were trying to get it out from goal kicks and stuff. Arsenal were all over us. And it just, it we, we looked more unsettled and they looked more confident, didn't they? They did press. They did press well. I've got. I've got given that they um they they closed the spaces down really well and they, and they pressed in like six sevens and sometimes eights. Um, mm. Larice didn't have a great day uh, in all aspects, but especially in that first 15, 20 minutes of the ball, his feet either smacked it into their central midfield, and I don't know who I don't know who he was aiming for, or he, he did that <laughs> kind of like that kind of like sand wedge uh, chip out to the wings and it went straight out again. I mean, it wasn't great. So if your captain's doing that, then you're also a little bit unsettled as well. Um, it's just, yeah, we started, we, we knew that we're going, if, if you've watched Arsenal, which obviously these BT guys don't by the sounds of things, it's like, you know, they're going to play possession based. They're going to come out. They're going to try and do it as early. They're going to be fired up because of what happened to us last season. Um, and we just, we just seem to be un- just not be able to like get the ball into like yeah you know, front three with any kind of decent quality. Yeah, they pressed hard, mm. and they, it, it was a little bit like Chelsea, you know, with like Reese James, where he was really, really hyper, like ultra aggressive. It, it was a little bit of that today from Arsenal as well, and we just found it that first 15, 20 minutes. We just found it really, really hard to like get any kind of like even, even you know, we know we invite teams on, but. It was like today was really hard to like get any kind of like 
put four or five, even six passes together, which started mm. really, really slowly again, 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 again. We always, we always say this. Yeah. And I think that the, the, the contrast is quite obvious, isn't it, Bren? Because they've got players like Odegaard, Martinelli, Jesus, who are tricky players. They seem to like to dribble quite a bit. They made our defence not panic, but look a little bit unsettled. And it just gave the impression that Arsenal were were on top of the game, didn't it? Yeah, they do like to sort of dance around the edge of the box with those skillful technical players. And um, and we kind of knew that was that was how it was going to play out. We, we knew that that was the, the game plan almost. And and people mm. are saying that, that we, this, our setup is perfect for Arsenal because we can catch them on the great break. But our sort of forward plays, I thought Richarlison um, sort of physically was his physicality was 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 a benefit in that first half up until all those changes in the second half. But, um, but yeah, those there was the chance with um, Jesus when he just tore into Royale, uh, sort of cut in, then cut out, then cut in, and, and I think uh, Hugo may have saved it. And uh, yeah, it was. It was it wasn't fun that that first half and and we, we did settle though I think towards the end of the, the end of the half when, when we got uh, the, the equaliser but but those those, those we knew we knew what we were going to get with with Arsenal and it, I just thought that we'd, we should have been a bit more prepared. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think we're expecting that finish from Partey though, were we? Oh, no chance, absolutely no chance, no chance. No, you compare it like the Chelsea game, like we said, like they probably deserved that as well, but. You know their their goals came from ridiculous well, places as well, so it's like it just felt like that again today. I was like, there was moments the ball was kind of dropping in the box. They were putting it in dangerous areas. They were kind of dancing around the box, but it didn't really feel like our formation was going to allow them to create a clear cut opportunity. And but they didn't need it because then Partey went and smashed one from twenty five yards. He's not going to hit a ball like that again all season. Let, let let's be honest. If he does, then you know yeah. that it, it's pure fluke and pure luck. All right, so we doubled up uh, wide. I think it was Saka we doubled up on and it came inside again. And then Partey, he did have a lot of space, I have to admit. And either Hoiberg or Bentancourt didn't get out there quick enough because no. uh, Son was uh, was doubling up on, on Saka. And, um, yeah, but, I, I mean, th- that's a metre and a half outside the stick and it bends. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good goal. And I hate saying that when that lot score. But it's that, that was, you know... He could take he could take that shot fifty times and maybe hit two again. So what's that? Four percent out of hundred. He, he could probably do that again. It was just it was and you know it curled outside and then everybody's like saying the goalie could have got it. No chance. Just a really really good hit. Sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say yeah that's a good hit. And that doesn't yeah. mean that our formation or anything like that is to blame. It means that a player just hit a worldly. We could have got out of there a bit quicker, like we just said. But hold your hands up sometimes and say yeah okay he hit that well. Yeah, I'd agree with that entirely. Uh, I think what I'm trying to get at as well, Bren, is like the contrast because today again, Sun wasn't great. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was being marked quite heavily. Richarlison going forward, like you said, his physicality was good, but I just felt like his touch as well let him down. There was a few chances that we had on the break where if we'd have been a bit more precise, you kind of think if Kulu had maybe been in those positions instead, um, th- that that ball would have been made and, and we would have sort of created a few more decent opportunities. But we did have chances. You know, Perisic had that chance where he just. Well, he kind of slashed it wide, didn't he? Um, and the, there were chances. But even the goal, or sorry, the, the penalty that we won, 
Son could have laid in Richarlison and that would have been, he would have had a decent shot on target, but he hit it a bit too hard. And then we had to fight to kind of create the opportunity, didn't we? And it was just, it wasn't quite working for us in the final third. Yeah, there was, there was a chance that Richarlison had, um, I think it was from a free, yeah, there's the free kick that Sonny whipped in and, and Harry, Harry not to, only just like, scuffed it a bit and, and Ramsdale made, made a, a decent enough save, but one that you'd expect him to make, uh, given that, that Richarlison didn't really get a good connection on it. Um, but yeah, yeah the, um, the, the penalty was, was again, it was just that, that hard work from Richarlison. He was very smart. He got his body in there just before. I think it was Saliba making the challenge. Was, was it Saliba or Gabriel? It was Gabriel. It was Gabriel, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, we weren't really, I mean, you could see what we were trying to do. But but, but like like we've said, Arsenal were just much more confident uh, in their passing, much more concise. We were just, it was very hit and hopey with us. And uh, But we, like you said, we did have chances on the break. Um but yeah, the Richarlison did deliver uh, with the with the penalty. Yeah, uncharacteristic pen as well, Paul. Wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know it was. the last time he's not tried to put it in the far corner. I don't think that the don't think the ref helped him, and I don't think he's at uh, Emerson Rail because he was like arguing with the ref. I mean, Kane was standing there a long time waiting for that penalty yeah. to be taken, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I know he 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 got one saved at Forest, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, he got one saved early in the season, um, but. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, we don't often see him do that, do we? Because uh, well, Ramsdale went to his right, our left, as we look where Kane normally puts them. So, yeah, it was uh, very, yeah, very cool, calm finish. Yeah, you could only imagine what's going through Kane's head at that point. If, if anything, yeah, you know, the cliche is like ice, isn't it, going through someone's veins? I mean, he did feel like he didn't look under any pressure at all. But mm. he, yeah, the longer he waits there, sit, standing there waiting for the um, uh, the ref to blow the whistle, you're thinking, oh. Yeah, and he's getting more and more nervous, but great finish. Yeah, right down the middle. Lovely. Mm. So that was on pretty much the half hour mark. And I don't feel like Arsenal capitulated, but they certainly slowed down. And I felt like we were we were getting more into the game as, as the half wore on, Brent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was probably our best period just around the penalty. And we just sort of, we pushed up a bit further. We weren't sitting as deep as, as we were before and uh, making Arsenal sort of giving, what's the, what's the phrase, Give, making some questions, sort of ask, asking questions of their defence. Um, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> it's still early here for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, that was, that was a piss period. And at half time, I was sort of feeling, not confident, but just like, right, I'll take that. I thought my, my prediction was two all. And I was like, I'd be happy with two all. Um, we're on course for that. And yeah, we finished the half strongly. We just, the hope was though that we'd start the second half or they wouldn't start the second half as strongly as they did um, the first half. So, yeah. um, and then it just, the pandemonium broke out in the, in the second half. Yeah, not a great start. I mean, what was it, like three or four minutes into it? I mean, like you say, Hugo didn't have a great day today. He was unsettled. They were putting some balls into the box, putting plenty of players around him, yeah. making it difficult for him from corners and free kicks and things like that. And I feel like Hugo does get a bit unsettled in games, but I don't know whether you can really say that that was the reason why he made that mistake on the on their second goal. But it, it's difficult, wasn't it? The, the, the shot wasn't easy to deal with, but he parried it out straight to Romero. And um and then just somehow let it just <laughs> slip through his arms. I don't know how. He jumped over the ball. He as he went down to collect it off of Romero's legs, he went over the top of the ball, I think, and then um yeah. and then uh um uh Hezu, uh was quick enough to like just toe poke it in. Um yeah. if Saka is coming at you, all right, and you're a full back or a wing back, why do you allow him to go onto his left foot? Mm. Why don't what I, I, I 
I know it's difficult, you know, I'm not a premiership defender, but it's like, you know what he's going to do. You know what he wants to do. He wants to, like, shift it onto his left and then either put a decent ball in or or get a strike on goal. That's his game. He's not going to go outside you and then try and whip something at his right foot. He's 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 a little bit, little bit like Kulu in, in, in that aspect. Um, I just don't understand why the shot got in there in the first place. But anyway, it did. Um... And I think you have to say it, 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 it's a mistake by our captain, unfortunately, because uh, there's not many, to be honest, when he does he does make such a bad error. And then um, I thought uh, Romero might have time to like shift his feet and clear it, but he's, the, the distance between the ball and him is is is, is so is so small that he, he can't he can't uh, react properly. And then uh, Gabriel Hezu is joining on the spot, and then just like toe pokes it in and does his stupid fucking celebration. In front, in front, <laughs> and then that's just yeah, that was just annoying. It, it, I mean, we know because Hugo saved one later on in the game where he like parried it off to one side. I think their sub, the Scottish guy, took a really good shot, cut across it, and then yeah, Hugo kind of parries it well out of, of danger. So it shows that he can do it. It's just, it's just an unfortunate mistake. Who who was on Saka for the shot? Was it was it Perisic? Because we know what he's like one on one. Perisic, oh, he's, he's shit, he's shit one on one. He's awful. He's awful. He was yeah, and 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 he, Saka was getting the best of him. You could see it in the first half as well. Like you were saying earlier, that they were doubling up on him because knowing that Perisic in one on one situations isn't great. I'm not sure if maybe Perisic was the right choice. Bearing in mind the, the, the quality that Saka has, um, but on the on the the goal, yeah, I mean. With with Hugo, maybe with the save, you know when and and look, I'm not a Premier League goalkeeper, but with those kinds of saves, you just want to guide the ball away from the six yard box, and, and he kind of just and he he saved it the original, but the ball was just in the danger area, and, and like I said, Romero didn't react quickly enough, or sort of get he looked a bit flat footed, but with those yeah. ones, you kind of just want the goalie just to to guide the ball. Uh, to push it away almost uh, outside the danger area be stronger with your hands perhaps and slap it or whatever. It just it just looked yeah all round it was a, it was a clusterfuck and and it was uh i was sort of blaming i sort of chopped and chased between blaming hugo and blaming kutsi but I, I think both were at fault with with that one yeah if romero had anticipated it then maybe he could have just instantly slashed it away but it was a difficult one because he wasn't and it just like paul said it came at him very quickly there wasn't much distance it hit him but you, you would expect a goalkeeper to, to be able to catch the ball when it comes to him and just the fact he let it go through him was, was really disappointing but there you go and that was early on pretty difficult uh you know they, they got their tails up arsenal were in you know pretty confident form at that point but Emerson, who I don't think was having a terrible game. He wasn't. He wasn't. He, wasn't. he was he, doing well. He was doing well. The thing is, Martinelli was was having a lot of joy running in a straight line down the wing, <laughs> and but Royale kind of didn't allow him to get too much. It was it was just difficult because I think that they realised that our, they could get us down the wings, and I think they were trying that to a certain extent. Martinelli, he's quite a skillful player. He's obviously allowed to show his creativeness uh, whenever he wants in the system that they play. So he was doing that, and I think. But he's just mindless. I don't understand why he would do that. He was he was preventing nothing. Um, there was no reason for that challenge to be put in at that point. He didn't mistime it. It was just it just seemed like a cynical foul, which he thought would maybe be just be tripping him up. But the way that the refs interpreted it, he just said it's a straight red. Mm. Um, Bren, what do you think? Red card. I, at the time, I didn't think so. Uh, Paul disagrees, but I, I just thought it was it was too soft. There was no endangering the the opposition's safety, which is I thought was the the, the criteria for straight reds was that a challenge has to has to be dangerous, and, and it wasn't. He's, 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 he scraped him a bit on the ankle. It wasn't it wasn't that high either. It was sort of 
And again, Paul's, I know Paul's going to disagree with me, but I just I thought it was incredibly soft. I don't know if the club's going to appeal. I don't know if we if we can because with VAR these days, there's not that many appeals that, that happen with red cards because everything's checked mm. during the game. But I was I was so shocked at it. And um, like, like you said, though, if you're going to get a straight red, make it worth it. <laughs> Exactly, it's just pointless. If you're going to do it, at least hobble him. But he didn't even bother. It's just you want me going hard, make it a proper red. And, and the thing is, there's such um, a fine line now, or such a, a a small amount of fouls that you can do and only get a yellow. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like studs are up. He caught him down the back of the leg. It was higher than you know. It was nowhere near the ball. So I just think in those situations, what other option have you got? It just was a bit of a cynical one, but not actually that violent or that vicious. So. No. For those, I mean, they do hurt. <laughs> Not gonna yeah. lie, if you get the you get the back of your leg stamped on like that, it does hurt. But it's just, I think that's the difference. Is when you've been watching football for as long as we have, when we were kids, like that would have never been. That would have mm. been a yellow card at, at most. So it's like things have obviously changed, but I, I can totally see why that was given as a, as a red in the end. Um, there was a bit of disagreement in the patrons, but you, you, you agree, don't you, Paul? I think it was a red. Um, in um, I don't want to sound like somebody like Alan Sherry, but in this day and age, you know, the refs are going to give that as a red. About two minutes before that, uh, Zinchenko took the ball from the edge of their box and slid it down the line to Martinelli, and he ran 30 metres uh, with Royale uh, chasing him and also uh, Romero shadowing him, and he got to like our corner flag, and it was like he's taking the piss. And Romero got really agitated in like... Did the did ball rolls, didn't like, he? He did the ball rolls, he, like the, yeah, the he lamellas. Did, he, did, he, did, he did the lamellas, and then basically Romero waited for him did a faint tackle, did, did a faint of, of a tackle and then smashed it and made sure that he got him. And you can see that they were getting wound up by Martinelli and then two minutes yeah. later, that happens. Uh, I agree though. I think, I think Romero was, uh, sorry, excuse me. I think Emerson Royale was doing all right at that point defensively. He put in like a couple of good balls. Um, sometimes I think he could do with coming back out again when he's in like a, a, an offensive position. I think if he can't get, if he does that kind of like, he's got no space, he's got, he's got to like come back out rather than just hitting it against um, a player and going for a throw or something like that. But mm. it, it, of all the people that we would have said before this game, who might have got a red card, Royale would have been one of the people we thought would have been, would have been all right. It, it was, it, it was, it was stupid to even get to, to, to even put that challenge in uh, considering where he was going, the, the place in the park. Uh, but in, in my opinion, it was a red, unfortunately. Just just on Royale as well, one of the news stories of the week was that he spent 800 oh. grand on, on extra training. Can he claim that in expenses? I would. I, I would look, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like 800 grand for, for like personal training. Uh, clearly didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on a second. He's got a hyperbaric chamber as well, which are not cheap. You don't pop down Argos, Brendan, and get yourself a hyperbaric <laughs> chamber. It, they, they, they are quite expensive. That's Do they lose much money in the second-hand market? <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah, I want to get him on eBay. Nice and cheap. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he's. I don't know what his neuroscientist is doing with him as well. But um, interesting stuff. But yeah, he just, yeah, I saw that during the week that he'd spent all his extra money outside of the club, which is just a little bit ironic after what happened today. Yeah, double sessions with the neuroscientist this week, asking him why he uh, lost his head and got a red card. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Now, it's not. This isn't controversial, but. I feel like there was an overlap because the, we started talking about the, the subs were warming up. They were looking ready to get on. BT Sport were sort of wavering between anywhere between three and five subs were going to be made. And then Arsenal went and scored. <laughs> so, and then when he made those subs, they were quite defensive, weren't they, Paul, essentially? We took off all of attacking players. Yeah. So do you think after the Royale red card, he just 
given up because we spoke to Steve Diver, who was in the crowd today. He was in the Spurs end, and I, I had a feeling that the Spurs fans would not be happy with basically just trying to damage limitation against Arsenal in the North London derby. So were you a little bit surprised by that? And then obviously they scored, so it didn't really matter because I feel like at 3-1 the game was lost down to 10 men. But um, what do you think about that decision by Conte? I can see why he did it. I'm, I'm one of the people that would have tried to limit a damage and then maybe try to get something quickly. Uh, 2-1, you know, we we might have you know, bombed forward and somebody might have tripped Kane or, you know, he, he came up, put off a worldly. I know we're hoping and clutching at straws there, but I, I can see why Conte did it. Um, and I think he probably had a little bit of like, maybe the, uh, as, he, as you said, like pre-game and you said as well, he's got an eye on, um, you know, the, the game's coming up with Frankfurt during mm. the week and stuff. Um, if I was in the crowd and I'd seen that lot kind of like around me kind of celebrating, I'd be pissed off as well, to be honest. I can see it, but looking at it on TV, um, I can understand why Conte uh, made the subs that he did as well. Um, fuck yeah, just, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, it was just like a perfect storm of like timings and, 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 and not having the quality on the bench to change it that much, which is also very disappointing. Yeah, because when you look what he did, uh, Big Dave came on for Lengley, um, <clears throat> Perisic and Sess was pretty much a light-for-light swap, but then Basuma for his shards. So all he, what he really did was change the formation uh, to, a, to a three-man midfield, and I guess we, we'd lost the right-back. So, And then he took off Sun and brought on Matt Doherty. So then we basically had one up front, three in midfield and five at the back. Uh, you know, it was, I'm just trying to find some positives, and I'm assuming that he kind of thought that Emerson's not going to be playing maybe two, three matches and on, on suspension. So Doherty had to get some time on the pitch. I guess it was decent to see Skip get a few minutes, even well, Skip though looked, Skip looks all right. Skip looked really good as well against it. Do you think? Oh, he gave the ball away about four or five yeah. times. No, like, no, he no. did some good stuff. He won the ball and he won a few tackles and stuff. But then he yeah. just gave the ball away. I was like, oh. he just looks a bit rusty, which is unsurprising considering it's been like nearly a year since he played football. He played seventy-one minutes for um, for the under twenty-ones on Friday night. Uh, Spence played yeah. seventy-one minutes as well, and so did and so did um, uh, Ryan Sessingon as well. Um, I thought Skip did, didn't look too bad. Obviously, he did. I know he got caught in possession a few times, but considering like what he came into and 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 what was going on around him, I, I, I thought he did all right. I, I just yeah, I thought Basuma did all right as well. To be honest, Basuma really put himself about and 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 you know covered for like two players, which I thought was 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 a positive as well. Yeah, it's difficult at that point because yeah. we weren't really trying to win the game, and Arsenal were, were well up for it at that point. They were trying to make it embarrassing for us. So I guess in, in some respects, <laughs> I'm glad that we only lost three one. That would have been unbearable if we lost by any more. But um, yeah, I just don't know what sort of message it sends. And I know we've got another game come on Tuesday, and we've got to go away to Frankfurt. So did it all kind of make sense to you, Bren? It's, it's not a great look to be giving up in a North London derby on sort of seventy minutes, is it? But pragmatically it probably makes sense right yeah I think you could sort of see the pattern of the game and I couldn't see us getting a result and, and I don't think any of us could the red card was I think the, the the nail in the coffin but I think the writing was already on the wall it's just their tails were up and on their goal the third goal sorry uh, Romero has to make that challenge because you could see what's what's oh, going to yeah. happen yeah. you could see yeah. that Shaka was free 
And you're yeah. like, if this breaks him, that's that's a goal. And, 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 and we've spoken about Shaka before and and his sort of renaissance <laughs> after after his sort of falling out and losing the captaincy. He's a decent player, and and, and, so, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, the, the goal. Like, I don't think Romero had a good game at all. He's, he, I don't, and he was subbed. He was he was dropped. Sorry for um, I, was it was it the Sporting? No, the Sporting game. He was was the game of Leicester. That was it. He was dropped for Leicester. Leicester. Um, so there's clearly something down. I don't know if, if it's an injury or something, but he just it just wasn't at it today at all. And um, and yeah, the third goal just just was like, all right, come on, let's just keep it down now because you just three ones are respectable. They weren't respectable. You, obviously, we've lost, but it's it's better than six ones. You know what I mean? I was like, which which it could have turned into. Into yeah, uh, yeah. I suppose that's true to an extent. I just find it very difficult to to deal with giving up on that game as we did but I think you're right it's, you, you get a feeling in football matches and, and I think once they'd scored so early it was like right it's gonna be difficult let's see how we respond we didn't really respond the game pretty much was was quite open and there was opportunities there and then Royale getting sent off it just did feel like that was it and then obviously they scored the third and yeah I just had no faith that we would get back into it but then when you take all of your forward players off it's much much less likely you are going to be able to get back into it so yeah, not not an easy one to take, and I'm a bit frustrated by that. But we do have a lot of games coming up. We've got, yeah, like we said, the Champions League midweek. Then we go away again next weekend to to Brighton, isn't it? Be interesting to see how they do this weekend with um, after losing their manager. So that could be a tricky game. But <sighs> I hate losing to Arsenal so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, th- this hurts, and yeah, I mean, I, I think I put on um, our little. Chat. I, I said said to someone earlier, this 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 could be the moment like you, could, you call it an epoch moment, and where like you know things come to a, come to a change. I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard, and yeah, us looking at fans, we've been. I mean, not me personally, but a lot of you guys have been calling for three five two for a while, and it did work at the end versus Leicester. I get it, but we know that Conte's going to be wedded to three four. Something like this, he might he might sit down with his coaching staff tomorrow. Or even tonight over dinner, or tomorrow, or and the, and the analysis team, and think, do you know what? Against the, against the better ball possession teams, I've I've got to change something. Either that be formation, whether it be kind of starting games a bit more in the front foot and being a bit more offensive, or just get it, or, or just trying to play and trying to play the game more in the oppo half. I th- I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if we see a slightly different kind of um, so, so, some major changes next weekend against Brighton. I, they got a new manager, as you say. Um, uh, so there's, there's, there's changes there as well. It, it's a maybe, of course. I don't know what's going on in Conte, on Conte's head, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see something different next weekend. Interesting, because I think I agree with Brad. I think he's quite stubborn. Because um, the only real change that he can make is to drop a man into midfield and have one less up front. And I think now with Kudu injured would be an opportunity to have done that. So I found it. I just find that a bit strange. Because you look today, like. I was watching our two centre midfielders and they were running a lot. Like, let's do a lot of work, but we know they're not the most, what's, what's the right word, technical at times. Like, Hoybier is good, but he's limited on the ball, things like that. So it felt like they were they were covering a lot of ground, they were doing a lot of work, but it was for no benefit, I suppose. And I think if you had one extra man in there, it would have made it a lot easier for them to deal with today. I know the minute, this is the ministry of bleeding the obvious here, but Kulu knits it all together quite well, doesn't he? He knits it together between him. And we know what he can do with his back to goal. He's very, very good. He he drops into mm. that kind of like inside into those kind of half spaces, the inside inside channels, and he, and he can link he can link the play really, really well. Because I, I I think he's excellent at that, to be honest. And obviously, you know, mm. we missed him. We missed him today. 
uh, Richardson, I know he got us a penalty, and I was I was quite impressed with him. But in build up, we don't look as fluid. I know today there's a couple of overhit passes. I think I think some of those balls over the top today with, with a little bit more quality, especially from Son, we could have had some really mm. good goal scoring opportunities. So fine margins there, but. I think we really miss Kulu in that, in, that, in that kind of build-up phase. That definitely when like we, we pinch the ball back and Kulu offs mm. himself straight away, we're back to goal. Richardson doesn't really do that. Or if he does do it, he's not as fluid and not as as comfortable doing that as Kulzeski. And so that was a big miss today. But you know, it, this is why we have a squad. You know, you can't just say because we're missing one man, our whole kind of system of play changes. That that that, that that's not a good enough excuse. But yeah, I think we definitely missed, like, because we know we would get very little of the ball, and when we did have the ball, we'd have to be, like, really careful and really high quality with it, and and we weren't. And I think Kulu could have made us a bit more, a bit more kind of careful when we were in possession. Yeah, he would, but if that wasn't an option, so I think, like I said, the option was to put an extra man in the middle, and I think mm. that would have made it easier for them to do it. And yes, we probably would have had less going forward, but I feel like we would have had more of the ball and we could have played a bit higher at the pitch and we wouldn't have had to be so defensive. But that's obviously the tactics that Conte's prepared for. That's what he wants to do. And today, it could have worked. I was saying at half-time, like, we've had opportunities. If we just have a bit more quality, mm-hmm. and going to your Kudu point, I think that's it. Richarlison, a few times I saw him, ran the channels, got into the corner with a defender on him. And, and Kudu there would probably put even a decent cross or find a man. And Richarlison, you just see, he hasn't quite got it in him. And... Yeah, that, that that was a big difference. And I think, you know, running the ball forward as well down down the line, mm-hmm. Kudu is very good at doing that. Very good. And picking the pass at the end of it. And I think that's maybe what we missed with Richarlison. Yeah, just just on the, the, the style of play as well. Like with I, I get the, the when when it doesn't work, when it, it it's really bad. You know what I mean? Like when, when it works, it, it's great. We have those special moments, but when you see possession, you have to be solid mm. at the back and you have to take your chances and just be more decisive in the final third. And we weren't today. Mm. We weren't. It was it was it was we were shaky. I thought we looked nervous and and yeah, it just was it wasn't fun viewing at eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can imagine it wasn't. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, dear. Right. Like I said, we've got a game on Tuesday. Looking forward to that. Paul, I mean, Frankfurt, they've been uh, a bit hit and miss so far. In they the have, Champions yeah. League, they it's have. Said. Um, it's not going to be an easy game, though, going away there. Obviously, we, we play them um, at home and the reverse fixtures. What is it? A week after? A week after, weeks after. Next week. week after. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Yeah, what do you think? Do you think we're going to go there and just try and eke out a draw, maybe snatch a win? Yep, that's exactly, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to go there and we're going to play exactly the same and we're going to try and hit them on the break <laughs> uh, in 3-4-3 three, three, and it's going to be a really difficult watch, especially for people who are, are going to fly to Franco. We know that's what's going to happen. We know that's going to happen. So, yeah. uh, this is what I mean. I'm, I'm trying to think of an interesting question around the game, but it's almost <laughs> inevitable that we know what it's going to be like already, isn't it? Would you play? Would you play Emerson? Would you keep Emerson in there for the Champions League and rest OT or Spence? I think he'll do that. I think he'll play Emerson for most of the. I mean, what would I do? I don't know. I've moaned about Royal enough, but Doherty, when he came on today, he, he, he looks like he needs minutes. So, mm-hmm. if anything, I'd start off with Emerson, get him to do some running and then put Doherty on for a good half an hour because he'll be playing next weekend, I imagine. But I'd also like to see Spence. I really would. So would I. Um, so would I. Even if it's just for a cameo appearance. I just want to see him run at some defenders just to see what we've got and whether, you know, it'd be interesting to see what he's like um, playing for a Premier League side. I could see it being very similar to the sporting game in that it's just going to be really tight, really cagey. Um, but I'm not going to be sitting there with Sandra. I'm not going to mention Sandra. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, you're right. I think I'm, I'm I can't pod actually on on Tuesday, so that's on you, mate. Sorry. No, nah, no worries. Um, I was tempted to go out there, um, but in the end, like I said, it's like watching Frankfurt in Marseille getting in rolling fights in the streets. I was like. Not up for this. Too tired. Too old. Just come back from, um, just come back from Budapest. Don't need the drama. So um, I won't be going. I'll be watching it comfortably on my sofa on BC Sport and getting annoyed at Glenn Hoddle <laughs> moaning about Spurs constantly. Oh, did, you, joy, did you see yeah. the footage of, of uh, the Frankfurt and Marseille fans going at it in Marseille? Like that, there, there is a bit of a concern, I think, for for the away fans. I don't know if the trust has said anything, but I, they, don't they wear like the black t-shirts? The the, 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 yeah. the Frankfurt ultras. They're all like Mussolini's black shirts, aren't they? But it didn't make me laugh that they went there all wearing the same colours, like being these like weird hooligans. And then all the locals from Marseille were just like, no chance, mate. <laughs> we're <laughs> running you around the streets. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, I don't know, it'd be interesting. It's like the Germans, some of the German teams, it does feel like they're trying to bring a bit of hooliganism back. Certainly when we went out to Dortmund, there was a few interesting stories I could tell you about. But, um, yeah, Frankfurt, there you go, Frankfurt Ultras. I'm not up for it. Have, have fun, whoever's going out there. <laughs> anyway, let me just quickly mention football prizes. This week's prize is a Ledley King sign and frame Tottenham shirt. Tickets cost are three ninety five, and there's ninety nine available. Just under half of them have gone already. The closing date for that is Tuesday, the fourth of October at seven thirty. So not long left. And don't forget, with the code Cheese ten, that's all letters Cheese ten, you will get a ten percent discount off your ticket price. There are other Spurs prizes on there. There's a chance to win a 1984 Cup winner's shirt, um, but that's ending tonight, so you need to get in there quickly. Uh, Sorry, there's always Spurs prizes on Football Prizes, so get involved there at footballprizes.co.uk. Right, cheese heads. Um, I'm going to let Brendan go off to the beach. Cheers for joining, Bren. Enjoy the rest of your day in your Speedos. Cheers, yeah. Now I'm going to get the Speedos on, get my uh, sort of sun T-shirt thing on and uh, yeah, hit the beach, get drunk and forget about Spurs for the rest of the day. But yeah, good, good chat. What was it your missus said about the uh, cheese room T-shirt you got? Yeah, she says it's, she says it's bonito. She says it's, it's, uh, it's, it's nice. It's, it's handsome. Oh, I think she's just talking about you, Bren. That's nice. Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, cheers for joining me. Yeah, no, no worries. Talk, talk in a week, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cheese Eds, thanks for listening. Um, it's probably the last thing I ever want to do after losing to Gunas. So whenever you are listening to this, 
Cheers for doing so. Uh, we really appreciate your support. If you want to get involved in our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the cheese room podcast for £3 a month, you can chat to us about nonsense and eventually get some merch as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to all your podcast providers. Don't forget the YouTube gang. We'll be back next week on Monday with Cordua talking about this game and looking forward to the Frankfurt game. And there's always another game of football, even if we did lose to those scumbags down the road. Right. Until next time. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.